0: The man the myth the legend. I'm I'm going to say that. Oh man, that's a hard take on a Monday. I like that. The king of the 19th hole, Spencer Smith. That What's is up, buddy? <laughs> I like that. I might have to start using that. What's up man? How's it going? Good to be on. Yeah, good 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 to have you. Good to be back home here and uh, it would be nice to stay in Arizona a little bit longer. It's it's a, it's a make believe place where it's just always nice uh, and I say always cuz I don't go there in the summertime. Uh, and and it's where baseball is is popping off. So we've got plenty to discuss about the undefeated Colorado Rockies 2-0 in spring training. The hype is not real. Uh, oh, it's not... so
1: real. They're averaging 12 runs a game, bro.
0: Well, that part <laughs> that part is obviously worth discussing. We'll talk about that. We'll get into some of this pitch clock business because I think a lot of people are up in arms about it. They're not sure what it is, and we still don't know what it is yet. There's still a lot yet to come to figure out. With the pitch clock, and uh, you know, we'll provide a little guide to road tripping because now's the time of year where people are going to make that drive down. If you're going to fly in, or if you're going to rent a car, good for you. But if you're road tripping, there's a couple things uh, to figure out. But as you pointed out, 24 runs in two games over a 48-hour stretch for the Rockies, wins over the Diamondbacks, wins over the Brewers. Uh, the biggest thing. That, the first thing that I had to ask Bud Black, because, again, the performances from the players are nice and all, uh, but ultimately it's the time of game. We had 17 runs and 27 hits in the opener on Saturday, and it was three hours and three minutes. 303, baby. How perfect is that? Yes, in more ways than ones, the 303. I love that. I, I love it.
1: I yeah. think that... Uh, It's funny, when I went to a game with my aunt, this is like a super random story, but like 10, 15 years ago, she didn't like baseball. She was like, it takes way too long. Ended up being like the second shortest game of Coors Field history. It was like two hours and 11 minutes. She's like, oh, this baseball thing's great. We went to another game like a month later. It was like four hours. She was like, oh yeah, I'm out. Yeah. So
0: The the Diamondbacks pitchers, I think, walked like eight guys maybe. So like they were a rack. So their bases were moving. But again, it was the pace of action that that buddy said that he liked most. He said, quote... That game would have been four hours last year. And now it's three hours, three minutes. Again, that's going to make more people want to watch, tune into a game, watch late in those ball games because, again, there's a lot more action. So now we're going to see a lot more comebacks potentially, right? You're going to see teams being able to possibly come back from down six runs, uh, especially if it's, if it's in course Field, which we know can happen.
1: Right. Well, and it's huge for us in Colorado too because we – play, you know, in our division, most of our division games are that are, well, every single one that's on the road is in a different time zone. Great point. So these games are at 840, 740, whatever it ends up being. And so, you know, people going getting that extra like half hour of going to sleep before, you know, they make stay up for the whole game. They're like, oh, this, this is moving along. I'll continue to watch this versus like, oh, you know, we're up five or down five, whatever it ends up being like, well, I'll just cash it in at the seventh inning.
0: Yeah, that's a huge element is like the morning after, like, oh, did you see last night's game? I mean, first four innings, but they're in L.A., and so it was late, and so I didn't hear the end. And so then that excitement, you know, kind of gets deflated a little bit. Now, you know, that'll uh, continue to to happen. There was a lot of excitement on Saturday's game where Chris Bryant, he singled in his first at-bat as the D.H. Then immediately, it was was all these firsts. It was his first at-bat of the spring, first appearance uh, as a Rocky in a game since July 31st of last year. That's um, how long it was. That's I know. Uh, when he went down with the plantar fasciitis issue, uh, first at bat, first base hit, uh, first slide. Uh, he came around from first base to score his first run. So uh, scored on first base uh, on a Ryan McMahon double. So looked really good and strong. He was all smiles afterward. Kind of the guy that we got early on in the season of Chris Bryant before he started getting hurt and you know was annoyed at, at questions that you have to answer. Not annoyed in any bad way, just... When you're hurt and you got to give these updates, there's not much to update, right? It's it's kind of frustrating. So he was uh he was all smiles and you know, he started his off-season program 2 weeks earlier than normal. So that bodes really well. That's he is kind of the biggest piece. He's the biggest catalyst I really want to say for the success of the 2023 team, and he looked really good in game 1.
1: Yeah, it's nice to have him back. I I was super stoked when we signed him. Everybody always complains about who the Rockies don't sign, and then you sign somebody that was a rookie of the year, was mm-hmm. an MVP, and they're like, "Oh, you overpaid." It's like, dude, you can't have both ways. Like, you if you want them to try to sign guys and try to be competitive, I love, Like, I'll be honest, I hated Chris Bryant only for the fact of I argued that Nolan Arenado was better than him for as long as I could. Sure. Um, but now I'm, you know, he's like, I, I think I've said this on this pod before. If the dude's wearing purple, they're I'm a fan of him. Yeah. Ninety-nine percent of the time.
0: In a in a vacuum. Everyone wants Nolan or not I mean, not even in a vacuum. In reality, you want that. Right. But again, just how it's sh- shuffled out, it, we've we've separated ourselves far enough from it that we can go all right, well, Chris Bryant's a Rocky. I mean, we can't undo anything. What's done is done. Hey, this is still a pretty good player. You know, that's got that postseason experience. It might be a couple years before that gets tapped into. But, I mean, you look at the Rockies roster, I mean, it's really only Charlie Blackman that's had any postseason experience. That goes back to 17 and 18. Now, Chris Bryant, you know, he's got some of those, those leadership abilities. So... Uh, it's nice to have around in the clubhouse.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great thing for a young team because I, I feel like a lot of these teams, you know, there could be, you know, if you're tanking or you're trying to rebuild, whatever, you know, words that Dick Monfort doesn't like to use, essentially. <laughs> but the overall, I think the Rockies and any team that's younger and has a lot of prospects coming up, they, it's a, it's key to have some veterans. Whether or not they're actually good on the field doesn't matter. You know, it's, right. it's like like the Nuggets having DeAndre Jordan. He doesn't even play. He's probably way past his prime, but everybody in the locker room loves him. And that's something that us as fans, like, what well, you are in the locker room, so you get to see it. Me as a fan, we don't get to see as much and see the, the – there's no tangible evidence of that most, most of the time. But having a guy in the locker room that's been there before, it just kind of gives everybody more, you know, confidence. Like, hey, this guy, if I need, you know, to – figure out how like some of these guys are still figuring out how to play 162 games and be in the big leagues and what their routine looks like and and they watch guys like Charlie Blackman who's been a multi-year all-star and MVP and Chris Bryant they can learn some things
0: it's it, what's really funny is Ryan McMahon whenever I talk to him about veterans that kind of you know took him under their wing when he was a young player two of the first names he brings up is Daniel Murphy and Ian Desmond and you'd go oh well on the field, again, you look at their statistics and you go, eh, you know, what did they provide? Were they, were they worth that salary, that contract? But then in the clubhouse and, and in the dugout, you're like, oh, there, there was a lot there. Obviously, it might not necessarily justify a certain sizable contract, but you're still going to say, oh, there's a lot of value in that. That's one of the reasons why Daniel Bartas has stuck around. And We'll talk about uh, the conversations uh, that I had with him because I've, I've talked with him for, for over an hour about a lot of the pitch clock stuff. And, again, he's another coach that's there and for a developing team. You know, that can be really helpful because uh, they've got so many young guys like Zach Veen for example, he's he's doing it. Two-game hit streak. Two games, two hits. Uh, homered in his first big league spring training game on Saturday. Stole a base. Was two for three. Uh, he was uh, he was really excited and uh, and looked really good. And, and it's good for fans to to be able to go out to the ballpark and see him play a lot. He is already doing what Ezekiel Tovar did last season, where you go, wow, this guy is doing against big league pitching, not the minor league guys late in the game, because that's what happens when when some of these young players come in the game late. They're going against other Double A AA and Triple A guys, and so you know it's it's not the same. You know veen's doing against some of these uh bigger league guys early on in the ball games
1: yeah it's good to see from him and uh just getting that confidence in spring I think is huge for all these guys well is he gonna start the season on the you know the active roster and be a rocky that we don't know but uh, a, a big spring could vault him into that but also just like going into triple a um if that's where he ends up being and just raking there just it just gets him more confidence whereas he doesn't have to feel like he's oh like has to play in the on the big leagues right away and be the guy that like everybody's counting on because that can that can break a player for a long time if you're expected to be you know what Zach being what we hope he is in five years down the road but not ruining his confidence right off the bat and letting him get you know at bats in spring and then at bats starting starting the year whether that's triple a or up at the with the Rockies
0: some of the struggles that he had last year in double a were actually really valuable to him and you know, a lot of organizations feel that way. Like they want to see a guy fail. They want him to come up against that before they're in the major leagues because that, that becomes problematic. So uh, getting challenged is really important. And, and everyone that I've talked to, I haven't heard anyone really say that he's not going to debut at some point this year. And I haven't heard anyone say, you know, August or September. It's usually July is like that month. If not, a lot sooner. Uh, on Sunday, 12-6 win over the Brewers. Kyle Freeland looked really solid over three innings, which is a good, good first start. I think in the past, I want to say first start might be closer to two innings, but he was able to go uh, three innings to stretch himself out uh, and potentially get ready for an opening day start. Uh, I did talk with him a little bit about the fact that he and Marquez both have two opening day starts. Whoever gets their next one will be the only player in franchise history with 3 opening day starts. Really? Yes. That's that's insane. He as a guy who likes his Colorado Rockies history, you know, he he digs that. Oh, I bet. He's he 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 doesn't mind. He doesn't care. He's like Marquez can get the he'll he'll get the 3. He feels confident that Marquez will get to 3. And so, of course, I had to quit back. I was like, yeah, but you'll get to four then, right? And he laughed. Yeah. he knows. Like, that's fine, but that's that's not that important of a thing for him.
1: Right. Well, and I actually talked with Susie last week about this. I really want him to start the home opener. You know, I'd I'd sure. rather like they set the you know set the rotation to where he can start the first game at Coors Field because Colorado kid opening day Coors Field it's like a holiday around here. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect game for him to start.
0: And I think, yeah, you if you're the game two starter, you're going to start. Um, the home opener there because that's the seventh game. So <coughs> that's how math works. Um, <laughs> Freeland did use pitch comm there. Uh, he said for the first time, the Rockies probably should have been using it a little bit more last year. Uh, same with other teams. That's that's something that we knew was on the way. Arizona Fall League in 2021 was the first time that kind of went out there, um, but but he looked good and, and, and Bud Black, after the game on the field, discuss uh, Kyle Freeland's three-inning start on Sunday against the Brewers.
2: With Kyle, first time using the pitch comp, uh, you know, that was a little different. The pitch, uh, the pitch clock and the pitch comp both. So I, he was just a little bit out of timing. A little bit out of rhythm but he'll get he'll get used to it he, he has another outing here before he goes to the wbc which they won't be using those so uh, again we'll have to you know when he comes back to make sure that he gets enough reps to feel comfortable but he'll be able to handle it
0: bradley in the chat wanting to remind us it could be another five years until the rockies are in the postseason yeah yeah probably could be uh but again All these players that we're talking about today are ultimately going to be a part of that. And some of the veteran guys, too, who signed long-term deals, they're still going to be around. Uh, And if they're not, again, they might talk about A player like Chris Bryant or Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, as helping with their development. So that's always interesting. Also on Sunday, the catchers had a big day. Six RBI for those guys. Brian Servin hit a home run. And Drew Romo actually spoke after the game uh, about his performance. He went three for three with a triple. A catcher hitting a triple and a catcher stealing a base. Here he is talking about it on the field. I mean, speed is something that I train a lot, just, like, back home and stuff. And, you know, uh, I want to be a five-tool catcher, you know. I want to be able to do it all. So, you know, speed, hit, defense, all that stuff. So speed's important to me. I'm really hungry right now. Just it's a blessing to be out here with these guys. It's a great organization. You know, I love this team, so I'm very happy. Spence, do you think it's possible for a catcher to actually be a five-tool player, having the hardest part for a catcher, speed, like... It's almost impossible, right?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think back to in the MLB, just like a guy that I thought was even above average speed, and I, you know, I'm not too in tune with most of the American League and those guys, but like, I don't, I don't think it's a thing. I, I don't remember it being a thing. I on the other right. side of that coin, I remember like Yadier Molina. If he grounds out to an infielder, he's not even making it 20 feet out of the box before he's headed straight to the dugout. So. And uh, uh, Benji Molina too. Same thing. Like he yeah. he was like ground out. Basically, didn't even leave the box. He just walked straight to the dugout.
0: I'm going to throw Jose Molina in there, too. He's their brother, so you know what? I'm sorry. You're going to get lumped in with (laughs) them. You probably weren't running it out either. No, the only guy that came to mind was Jason Kendall because he stole a lot of bases when he played. He was a guy he would bat leadoff once in a while, uh, and I had to look it up. He still only had 187 in his career, so the most stolen bases for a catcher, only 187. Um, Only nine catchers have ever had 100 stolen bases or more, so that, again— that's an extreme rarity. How? What do you think the number is for most stolen bases by a Rockies catcher
1: in a season or a uh, in a career? Career. What do you
0: think that number is? Just it's Joe Girardi. Okay. But but what do you think that number is? I'm gonna go thirty-seven. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Yeah, I know. Like that's how low it is. Uh, I did also look about. Arizona, Tampa Bay, Miami. Saying okay, they were s- the same length uh, of their franchises. They also have not had guys that stole a lot of bases. Miami, of course, had JT Ramuto, but second after that was twelve. Uh, Rays, DeAndre Navarro had nine. Arizona just traded their all-time uh, leader in catcher steals in Dalton Varsho. He had nine. <laughs> He's a guy who's not really a catcher anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, you, you you just don't typically see that. So. Uh, but that's nice that he's kind of able to to add that. And again, I think it's just more about base running. And if you can go first to third on a single, uh, those kind of things are going to be really important. And again, with with the with the larger bases and the shorter base paths, you know, potentially we do see some catchers stealing some bases. But I mean, even ten in a season seems like a stretch for a catcher, right?
1: Yeah, it seems like uh, he's doing a lot. Is it, we haven't seen a ton of, we haven't had that a
0: ton in the Rockies
1: since. Like, a guy that was, like, actually scary on the base path, like Willie Tavares, maybe? Maybe yeah. is that too long ago? That was, like, legitimate dangerous. We've had guys that can steal bases. Um, Charlie Blackman, for a while, could steal bases. But, yeah, it's it's fun to see when you have a guy that, like, gets on base and you're like, all right, when when's he going?
0: And, and now Veen can be that guy, but maybe even Romo. Veen is that guy, absolutely. And we are those guys and gals over here on the corner of Colfax, New York, because the DNVR bar is where we got it popping off for all of our diehards. You know, that's where you get 15% off your tab. Beer, food alike, 20% off all the gear at the NVR Locker. And twenty uh, percent off all the party buses that we've got going on. Watch parties, uh, and Spence, I know you talked about it a little bit last week, but remind the folks because we're doing an event for the Rockies first month of the season. We're getting it going, uh, and it's going to be really exciting.
1: Yeah. So April 29th, ninth, uh, everybody, mark your calendars for that. We're going to go. We're going to have a Rockies takeover. Yeah. We're going to go from the bar. It's a Saturday game against the Diamondbacks. We're going to go from the bar to Coors Field. We're all sitting in the same section together. Uh, pretty close to the first baseline, actually lower bowl, so good seats. There's going to be concession credit included, a shirt Ooh. included, like a bunch of stuff. So, and that's uh, we got a, a fair amount of tickets, but it will sell out pretty quick. So, make sure to mark your calendars April 29th, it's a
0: Saturday. We're all going to head down to Coors Field and have a great time. A lot of value, a lot of bang for your buck. Exactly, it's fantastic. It's not a it's not something where you got to shell out for like a Chris Bryant. It's like, no, it's more affordable, like Gerardo Para. And you look back and go, hey, that was a good deal. Yeah. That exactly. was a great deal. Exactly. I loved what I got for my money. It's the Gerardo Para package. You yeah. may need to It's not rebrand. the Ian
1: Desmond package.
0: Spencer Smith. They said
1: that. (laughs) Let's keep in mind.
0: Uh, Draft Kings. Hey, it's baseball season. You know it. You love it. Customers can bet just five dollars, and when you win, boom, you get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. If you win, you can also get in on those NBA no sweat same game parlays. Spring training games are live as well. You can do that. That's, That's
1: dude. That's I'm a degenerate, and I do kind of venture down those roads at some point. But I have to get myself to stop. It's fun. It's
0: I mean again, you'll learn the players, you'll learn the setups. You can look at the lineups cuz again, a lot of times when teams will go on the road, they don't send a lot of their starters. I think they have to send six big leaguers, so like if you just debuted last year, that would like count. count? Okay. Um so that, you know, the opposing fans are like, I don't know any of these guys. Well, you're still not, but they were on the Rockies last year. And that's true of all teams. So You know, you can take advantage of that uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook. You can bet on the league winners, division winners, individual end-of-year award winners, over-and-unders on all 30 teams. That is live. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR. New customers, place a $5 bet, and when it wins, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I love that they've got these head-to-head matchups. We have two teams and who's going to win more games? They also have it where, in the case of the battle for Ohio, Cleveland is clearly better than the Reds. So Cleveland has given like 20 some games to the Reds. And you say, what do you like more? Uh, so DraftKings Sportsbook is making it really fun. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is Boston to win more games than the Cubs at minus 115. Okay. So early pretty, thoughts pretty on
1: even. that. Uh, pretty even i think boston's gonna have a resurgent year i I like that bet a lot and i think the cubs are still in that you know they're signing guys like cody bellinger etc but the yeah boston's like just that team that you always expect to be good and they're if they have a down well always the last 15 years uh and if they have a down year you're kind of surprised but if they have a really good year you're not just the division they play in is obviously very tough so they play a lot of those games but I do think this year with the change of schedule, which That's I right. love, I think divisions obviously still matter, but it's more like the NFL where yeah, you play it your division twice or you know six total times out of seventeen games, but it's it's not about what you do as much in the division. You get to play every single team, so you're, there's not like a oh this team has a crazy hard schedule or this team has it. You know some teams are going to have more difficult playing in a in the AL East, obviously, but it's not as as important to be in a bad division to have a good record, essentially.
0: I think both teams have just, like, a clubhouse full of random players. Boston more so. They've signed, like, ten free agents this offseason. They went crazy, and and some of them are a little bit more suspect than others. Um, But nevertheless, like, if you look at the rosters, you go, yeah, there's enough pieces to squint and say, you know, this team could maybe sneak into the postseason. But you hit on that point with the balanced schedule. Now the Red Sox have six to seven less games against the Yankees, the Orioles are going to be a lot better, right? Um, Tampa Bay, Toronto, whereas the Cubs, they get seven of those less games against the Pirates and the Reds. So that, that, that tips the scale a little bit to say, okay, Boston, their schedule is, has got, is going to get a little bit easier. So that's why that's my DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. I like that. Red Sox over the Cubs, minus 115 on that. That's fantastic. I do like that. Um, quick little bit of housekeeping. I know on Friday's show, Susie was talking about uh a little about the uniforms. Uh and and uh, information is here. The word is out. Green pants on the City Connects, dead. They're done. So it's they're white, gone. White pants? They're going white pants. Okay. With the City Connect ones. Okay. Yeah, too hot. Didn't look good. Definitely look like, you know, uh you 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 changed oil. You work, you worked in an automotive. <laughs> shop you know there should have been a carhartt logo probably on those green pants but the white really makes you know the the jersey pop a lot more so we'll get that there'll be four jerseys this year home pinstripes road grays city connect and then the purple top Rocky's only having four so Black vests still gone Diamondbacks get to have five what gives they get five Rockies only have four
1: is that an MLB thing or is they can you like is that like a thing you put in for cuz i know in the NFL it's like super strict. How does that work in the MLB? Like and pitchers get to choose the jersey, correct? Yes. It, so it's basically the, and then I would assume the home team pitcher gets to choose first and then the the road team pitcher has to choose off of that. Is that how it goes?
0: Yes. And but yes and but no. Um the Rockies have not and I don't think any team has actually worn city connect on the road. Cuz oh, okay. I think you'd have to coordinate that a little bit with the with the opposing team and um, letting their TV production crew know like, kind of what graphic to put up rather than the normal one. Yeah. It have to be the City Connect one. And it's usually so that Sundays, right? Sundays yes. are the
1: City Connect days?
0: Yeah. Um, I forgot off the top of my head. I think, I think it might be Wednesdays now. I think they did change it, so they're not going to do it on Sunday. Uh, okay. I'm wondering if a lot of the Sunday season ticket holders were like, hey, I, I want to see the regular Rockies uniform. You know what I mean? Rather than doing Way it on most. Sunday. So... Yeah, I, I think they've shifted it. I'm not sure if it's Wednesday or not. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that. But uh, it won't be Sunday anymore. It will be the four traditional ones. Is it a supply chain issue thing? Some <laughs> of it is that. you know Maybe the D-backs are, are selling a couple more jerseys than the Rockies. The, I'll say this. If you do go down to Salt River Fields, you can get the black vest in their team store. So they still have some around. They're still, they're still available, just hard to come by. That was one of my favorites. I loved that jersey. Did you like or did you have one of the white pinstripe sleeveless vests? No, I did
1: not. I, those I are interesting. the now. white pinstripe short sleeve, but not the sleeveless.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those, again, are like, okay. But just because they haven't worn it in a while, it's immediately vintage. You immediately want to go back. Uh, Andy in the, uh, in the chat on YouTube, again, uh, you might want to jump in as, as we're about to get to some pitch clock business the the black vest is gone they they canceled it last year um it really was a supply chain issue thing not being able to get uh, all of those uh, in you know you also have to have extras for when a guy makes his major league debut so you got to have all these backups there's not enough time to i think you know sew the patches on they're working on um it's called like a sublimated jersey where you can basically you basically print a guy's name on the back of the jersey and it looks like it's stitched in because uh, it almost becomes a little bit easier for the, for the production side of things. Um, but now you can't remove those letters and create a makeshift Jersey too, at the same time, if somebody gets called up out of the blue. So uh, the black vests were, were taken out of rotation. And so uh, they're a little bit harder to come by. So uh, D nice J uh, in the YouTube said, did Chris Ionetta steal a base? He's still seven. So he's tied for third most all time and second most for Rockies catcher stealing bases. You would never guess in a million years. He had eight. Willian Rosario, the baby bull, is second all-time in stolen bases. That's so wild. Uh, As wild as the pitch clock? So the first pitch pitch clock violation this year, or in in, in the history of baseball, was on Friday. It was by Manny Machado. He got an automatic strike called against him and then immediately signed. An 11-year, $350 million contract. We haven't talked about that yet. Padres keep spending. Are you concerned at this point now that there are now two Dodgers in the division spending like that? It it obviously concerns me, but I
1: always go back to teams that do this and, and don't have like a consistent way of doing this. I should say like the Padres are just straight up throwing money around right now and not saying Manny Machado is not a good player, but I, I don't like consistently trust teams that do this. Right. Like the, the Dodgers do it, but they they also have a great farm system they bring players up you know like with the Padres essentially they're like, oh yeah we're we're making Fernando Tatis learn how to play right field you know because they have so many quote unquote great players that they're paying so much money to. Um, I don't know I've never like Manny Machado is like probably a top five hated player in the MLB for me. Oh okay. I'm not a big Manny Machado guy so I, I like to boo him whenever he's here. Um, but yeah the, it, the spending is crazy. Uh, but it doesn't honestly worry me yet. It, it might three, four years down the road, but like,
0: because what have the Padres done, right? Yeah, it, have they won? not won anything? Exactly. They went to the NLCS, but they didn't go to the World Series. So, eh, all right, you got to prove yourself first.
1: And I liked it because they beat the Dodgers. <laughs> like, if they wouldn't that have had to, nice. be, if they wouldn't beat the Dodgers, that was like a I wish the neither team could win s- series, but the lesser of the two evils as of right now, for us as a Rockies fan, for me personally, won. Maybe in five years, that's the opposite. But I don't see the Dodgers going anywhere at any point. So
0: Yeah, we, we had a conversation about that. I thought the lesser of two evils was pulling for the Dodgers over the Padres because the Dodgers are still going to be the Dodgers. You don't want the Padres to be the Dodgers as well. So you know what? <laughs> Snuff that candle out. Just let the Dodgers go on, do their thing. That's a fun debate. We might have to have a uh, a most hated player draft. <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs> I would, would love be, to do that. I know. You're you're the guy for that. Uh, I'm sure you hate it on Saturday. Uh, we've had a walk-off, right? We know what a a walk-off hit is or a walk-off home run. We also know what a walk-off walk is, right? Bases loaded, you walk in a guy. We know what a guy on third base, you balk in the run. That's a balk off. Now we have a clock off, a pitch clock violation. Bases were loaded in Atlanta, in Boston there, uh, in Florida, in the Grapefruit League on Saturday. It was a 6-6 game, full count, or two strikes were on the hitter and the hitter did not get into the box on time. Umpire called dead ball called a strike on the batter, which meant that was the third strike, which meant that was the third out in the inning, and since they don't play extra innings in uh, spring training, game was over. So it was a clock off and a tie on top of that. Just starting out with a bang. Starting out with a bang. Really, really wild that it, that it, ha- uh, it went down like that. The hitter was, has to be in the box with their gaze on the pitcher, and I sort of feel like the catcher might have inadvertently deke the hitter because the catcher doesn't have to be squatting. The catcher could be standing up, almost looking around like, yeah, we got a minute until my guy's going to throw a pitch. And the hitter was like, okay, cool, I'll kind of go off your vibes. And because of that, he was not paying attention to the clock, was not ready with six, uh, with eight seconds remaining, and uh, had the strike uh, called against him. That's how it goes.
1: Yeah, this, this uh, pitch clock thing is interesting, but I, I have a take on it. Yeah. I, I have a lot of takes. Everybody's got takes. But my take is... I think it's good for baseball in the sense of we'll see what it ends up being. You know, if there's a if there's an important game down the end of the season where this boc- or this uh, clock off sort of th- scenario happens, yeah. obviously there's going to be a lot to talk about. But I think the good thing about it right now is the MLB struggles just to promote its product. We we all know that it's tough in general, and everybody's talking about this. So I think it's True. a good thing from a standpoint of like it it's the game is evolving to a different aspect of, you know, no shifts, which I actually have a question on that I want to ask you at some point, but no shifts, no, you know, pitch clock essential. Like I think that people are going to start talking about these changes and, you know, the, the talking about the, the length of time in the games I saw a tweet from either Jeff Passon or somebody over the weekend was like, Hey, the first two games, yes, it's spring training both under three hours. Yeah. It's not only is it making the product in my eyes, a little better for the fans that already watch. Yeah, but for the people that maybe are in and out on baseball, they're like, oh, I kind of watch, I kind of don't. They'll tune in to see the changes, and then maybe they're a reignited fan, if you will. So I think it's good from the standpoint of any publicity is good publicity most of the time. Most of the time, I'm most. gonna I'm gonna send that disclaimer sure, in there. Sure. But any sport, when you're talking about, you know, there's all these talking heads on, you know, the four letter or whatever have interesting takes that people hate. But what happens when people hate your take? They, they interact, they respond, it grows the numbers. I think that's good for baseball that people, you know, whether you like it or hate it, you're talking about it. That's what matters. Yeah.
0: And I think that's like the worst case scenario is they hate it. They're talking about it because I think the best case scenario, and I think what we will find is people really like it. Like there's going to be more action now because of these new rules and the games are going to be quicker. So, uh, your experience at the ballpark might not necessarily be better, right? Because you're not there able to hang out as much, right? Maybe there's more things happening, so you aren't able to drink as many Breck brews, whatever it is. But at home, there's way more folks at home. They are going to be engaged with it a lot more. So it'll be interesting to see if you know if ticket prices go up, if it becomes harder to to get tickets. But uh, fear not, because game time tickets, uh, they have got the hookup. That's your plug. That's your plug for the baseball tickets. That's where you want to go. They got last minute price drop. So if you wait up to about 60 minutes to the start of an event, boom, you can get up to 60% off uh, the face value on those, those seats. I did that in my first show at Red Rocks. Like They've got it for venues all over the place. So it's really great, especially if, if you're kind of not sure that you want to go to an event. And now you can kind of change at the last second and say, do I want to go to this game? It's like, it's like a Marvel movie. It's like three hours. So now all of a sudden, you're like, if I go to this game, it's not a whole day thing or a whole night thing that might, you know, typically take up uh, an entire day in the past. So uh, make sure you're checking out GameTime tickets and join over 15 million folks who have used the Game Time app and have scored the best seats to all their favorite events. Make sure you hit the link in our description. That helps us out in a real major way. Breck Brew Avalanche Ale, ads are still going strong right now, uh, looking pretty good. Very active on the trade front. You need to be active on the Breck Beer Locator uh, over at Breckbrew.com because the Avalanche Ale uh, is the drink of the season right now. It's an American amber that blends pale, chocolate, caramel malt. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. It's almost lunchtime, so.
1: Yeah, it's anytime lunch. it's lunchtime. That also means it's beer time.
0: Yeah. It's it's the the Avalanche ale is versatile and it's a satisfying anytime beer. So, you know, in the past we've called it the Garrett Hampson of of Breck beers because it can do a little bit of everything. Now we're going to have to call it the Harold Castro of Breck beers because Harold Castro is going to be that super utility guy. Okay. Get used to that name. Get used to that name. It's fantastic. Breckbrew.com to find a beer near you. And man, there's a revolutionary dispensary making it easy for you to explore the benefits of cannabis with privacy and security from the comfort of your own home cool thing about Jive Hive—that's that's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com, is that they don't have the typical overhead of a brick and mortar. So, boom, you're getting a much better price. You're getting it delivered to your doorstep. You're not running into people in your neighborhood or your community or even coworkers, for that matter, uh, depending on what you do. So they've got that lower pricing, privacy, and security. And if the weather's really bad like it was uh, on Wednesday, and I'm sure it will still be, you know, we got to get used to it. It's like the third week in May is like that final... Dump that we get I think didn't we do last year. Did we get one in June? It was like June 1st. Maybe it was pretty close to that I Pretty know we dangerous. had a golf
1: tournament in May that we had to move back a week because of a dump. Like, not yeah. just a snow, like a
0: full-on six inches. And for some people, especially if you're a teacher, like, hey, you're getting out of school, and you're like, this is my time, this is the summer, let me look forward to it. You're not able to get out of your house because of that late snowstorm. Jive Hive is going to deliver it right to your home. Again, that's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E dot com. And get your order delivered on the same day or schedule a delivery window uh, so that they can show up to your doorstep and, of course, say hi. They now serve Monument, Falcon, Peyton, Fountain. Woodland Park, Security, Widefield, Aurora, Greenwood Village. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E dot com. All right, more pitch clock business. Uh, Susie Hunter will be calling in at some point today. She's here? Yeah. We got to bring her in. Let's bring in our home girl. Covering our first spring training like this. So many questions to ask, but I just want to get her take on things, how things are going. Where are you at right now? Are are you uh, in Mesa there? Uh, at the A's and Rockies game.
3: No, I'm still at Talking Stick. Um, uh, I was going to wait here until we did this because I was like, okay, I can set up here. It's nice and quiet here. So I am still at Talking Stick. Uh, it's I can't tell if it's nice out or if it's too cold out, but otherwise, very lovely, chill Monday morning.
0: Yeah, the awesome thing with the Cactus League is all the ballparks are really close. In the case of Salt River Fields and Hohokam Park, They're they're really close to one another as well. Where the Cubs play in Mesa is close. Scottsdale Stadium, where the Giants are, uh, that's really nice. Uh, Susie, how how did you like getting in and seeing the complex from a different angle? Because in the past, you're in the stadium, you're in the fan, enjoying the players. Now, you're moving up in the world, girl. So, what was that like today?
3: Yeah, moving up a little bit. No, it's good. I mean, I've definitely spent a good amount of time at uh, Salt River Fields, but it was yeah, it was nice getting in the clubhouse. Uh, everyone seemed like they were in such a good mood. Uh, it's good to see you know our colleagues that I haven't seen all off season. Thomas Harding is here. Danielle Allentuck is here. Um, they're hysterical as always. But yeah, just good to see everyone. Nice to be here when it's so quiet before the action really starts happening. So far, a plus.
0: Yeah. And, and the facility itself is, you know, next to none. Like it, it's just absolutely beautiful. Again, I, I don't know how much you've walked around the backfields or, or even just walking again, just walking through the parking lot to see some of the small fields and, and some that they practice on just for like pitcher fielding drills. And so there's no actual outfield. It almost looks like a small little league field yeah. uh, when you walk in, but again, it's, it's top notch. The grass is green, it's popping. It might not be like, you know, 80 yet out there in Arizona, but it feels like baseball season, doesn't it, Susie? It
3: does feel like baseball season. It really does. I'm ready for all the baseball foods. It's lunchtime. We just mentioned this. I heard you guys talking about it. I'm hungry. I I need to get over to uh, to Mesa <laughs> after this and get Absolutely. some food and get into that press box. Did
0: you get a chance to uh, see any of the players uh, walking around in, in their very particular footwear or, or talk to Bud Black this morning to kind of get the lay of the land again? Just got there, but even still, are you feeling anything about today's game or or just about the Rockies in general? How are the vibes in the clubhouse?
3: The vibes were great in the clubhouse. I will say I saw saw Charlie Blackman wearing his Crocs, so that's good. I'm glad the Crocs are still around. I haven't seen what Chris Uh Bryant's wearing on his feet yet. Um, haven't really noticed anything that I don't approve of. And you know that I'm a stickler for people wearing the correct shoes. So yeah, vibes are good. Uh, buddy seems like he's, you know, in a good mood about the way things have been going. And it was a really fun weekend in terms of these games. It's a shame they don't count, but spirits are good. And understandably after this weekend,
0: Charlie come to think of it was the only guy that I saw wearing the Crocs. I did a double take of like, what's that thing on his feet? So, so he was the only one that maybe has kept him. I don't know if guys just didn't pack it uh, from home, but uh, he was the only one that I actually saw with, with those Crocs. All right, so what kind of uh, things have you got planned for this week over on on social media and, and, and whatnot? What kind of hijinks uh, have you got going on or, or any player interviews that you might be uh, doing this week?
3: Oh, my gosh, you know what? I I just I'm so eager to talk to everyone. I'm so eager for us to get to know a lot of the guys that we didn't see last year. You know, we need to we need to get to know Brent Suter. We need to hear that Raptor impression. We uh, need to talk to Zach Bean about his gains this offseason, uh, and also just what a great weekend he had in general. So we we just got to chat with a lot of guys. I will say the Rocky social media, they are crushing it. They have been putting out such great videos with the players, and I did get a sneak peek at today's question of the day.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want, do you, do you want to do know?
3: It, do you want to know what it is? Because I can spill ask the, you guys this question. Spill the
0: tea, because the questions they've been asking have actually been like really good They're not just like, "What's your favorite flavor of ice cream?" Nothing wrong with that question. You need the content out there, but these are like real good ones of like, "Oh, I cannot wait to see the answers." Yeah, give us a sneak peek.
3: Okay, I'm gonna ask you guys, Patrick, Spencer, um, crunchy peanut butter or creamy peanut butter?
0: Um, I mean, when I used to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches more, you have to go crunchy. You need that texture. But I'm out of the PB and J game, so I, I just I get a spoon. And I will just eat peanut butter as like a late night snack.
1: Yeah, I am I am in the creamy phase currently. Yeah. I was I started my life in the creamy phase, went to a crunchy phase for a while, and now I'm back back to the
0: creamy. I phase. sort of feel like when once you once you uh you have your baby, you gotta embrace all of the dad things and the old man stuff. So you gotta switch over to crunchy to be like, oh my dad likes crunchy peanut yeah, butter.
1: <laughs> get to 30 and it's just crunchy only. Yeah, I so you the question. Are-
3: both wrong. Both wrong. Crunchy peanut butter is incorrect. It is not the correct form of peanut butter. It's too many textures in one food. You're gonna tear up your mouth. I'm so disappointed in you guys.
0: I wonder who's gonna say almond butter. That's the real question. Who's gonna throw in a curveball on that?
3: Yeah, I Brent mean, honestly, Brent Suter would probably would be an almond butter guy. Whatever. Actually, you know what? Almonds. Growing almonds is kind of. It kind of reeks havoc on the environment so he might not be an almond butter guy this is gonna be the first thing i ask him
0: well maybe if if, does he does he cultivate his own uh bumblebees because if he does you know he is kind of justifying all of these things at once all right here here's uh here's some of the things i'm hoping we can get to the bottom of this week zach veen's nickname i failed on that one i did not accomplish that if he has one and it's going on the clubhouse we need to know what it is did kyle freeland Get any new ink this offseason. I believe he did. I believe he did. Didn't didn't talk with him about that. Does Jake Bird still uh dislike being bothered about uh getting asked, you know, about his oblique injury? Uh because he was on the brink <laughs> of it a little bit. Uh he was a good sport about it. How good is Pete?
3: When I saw him, I was like, Hey, how you feeling? Like, how you feeling? And he was like, I'm uh, good, thank you.
0: <laughs> marched me. away quickly. Um And then how good is Pierce Johnson's Japanese? Because if it's good enough, maybe Shohei Otani comes to Colorado. Is that, that's reasonable, right? I can connect those (laughs) dots.
3: Patrick, you are literally an insane person.
0: And then finally, you'll you'll like this one the most. And you probably have already done this for all I know. Uh, Did Justin Lawrence compare notes with Cole Tucker on hair care products and managing their curls? That, you probably already have that answer. Save it for tomorrow. Save that answer. I know you already know it.
3: For tomorrow, yeah. No, I, you know I love talking hair. So if I wasn't doing this, I would probably be a hairstylist. That is my passion outside of baseball.
0: That's awesome. Well, have a good time at the game today and enjoy covering um, what is still an undefeated season. So I, I, we just kind of hope that the, the jinx of, of rooting for Phillies teams uh, all throughout you know, the, the, the offseason does not come to Rockies camp. We can't afford a loss here.
3: Patrick, we are literally in a fight. Um, I cannot believe you keep saying this. Um,
0: Phillies, Union, <laughs> Eagles, they lost.
3: Shut up. <laughs>
0: but, Stop but, but you know what? I think we said when you're actually in the ballpark, they win. It's when you're not there that they lose. So you know what? Rockies win today. There you go. We're going to be Calling
3: good. It. Calling it now. Patrick, thanks for having me on.
0: We're coming back tomorrow, I hope.
3: Um, we'll see if you uh, keep calling me a jinx, then no, but if you stop it, then yes.
0: Right, don't check Twitter, please. I, 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 send out the tweet before anything. No, I didn't. I didn't send anything out. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. I'm
3: so, so over this. Goodbye, Patrick. Have a good one. <laughs>
0: Bye, Susie. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, she's having a good time. She, she should be, uh, down there. It's, it's, it's fun. Again, it's, it's relaxed. You get to have like, you know, different kind of conversations with, with some of the players and, um, you still talk with the players after the game. It's weird. After a game, a guy will come out and you talk to him and it's like, so you had like one at bat. Can you talk about it? You know, it's uh, low stakes, but it, it's good. So Ty Block, uh, talking with him after Saturday's game, he's used to the pitch clock. You know, he dealt with it in Triple in A. One of the most interesting things about the pitch clock is um, he threw a pitch with a ball boy still on the field, like behind home plate. Yeah. So... We're, we're moving so quickly, and these guys, they've got the elbow pads, right, the, the, the ankle guard that they wear for when they're hitting. They take it off, give it to the first base coach, and the first base coach could just hold on to it. But the ball boys were running out behind home plate down to the first base side to get the shin guard. And then getting caught out because there was this pitch still happening. The kid had to, like, stand behind the first base coach for a couple pitches. And, again, none of this is Ty Block's fault. None of this is any of the pitchers' fault. These are some of the the issues that are going to come about um, with the pitch clock. And, in fact, Daniel Bard on Sunday's game, he had an automatic ball called on him before the fourth inning started. Brian Servan had, like, made the final out. So it took him a while to get. Uh, onto the field before Bard could really get himself ready. So as the guy's coming up to the plate, it was already like, "Hey, time's out. Time's up. We got to get going." He got a ball called him on him immediately, uh, and Bud Black actually addressed this on uh, Sunday on the field about the automatic ball that was called on Daniel Bard. Uh,
2: Bardo threw a pitch inside the 32nd time frame, so uh, it's something that the relief pitcher is going to have to get used to coming out of the bullpen, right? To be aware of where that clock is uh, when they throw their last pitch. The umpire is going to signal one more pitch at the 40-second mark. And Bard threw it with uh, 28 seconds left.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Daniel Bard uh, is glad that that happened. He's actually really glad. So in talking with him, I, I talked with him a lot about pitch clock stuff. He wants to have every scenario happen. He's like, I want, I'm going to step off twice. So now we typically call that a pickoff, right? Right. You throw over to first base, it's a pickoff. If you step off the back of the rubber and you wipe your brow, well it's not a pickoff, but what is it? It's a timeout. Now we're just calling those things disengagements. You've disengaged from the pitcher's plate, from the rubber. And so he he's gonna do that in spring training. Step off twice to go, Oh shoot, I, I can't throw over to first base. He wants to know what that feels like in a in an exhibition game rather than during the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is why, you know, it's key to have exhibition in any sport is Getting players used to new rules are always going to change. Things are always going to change. But getting them used to that now, like this is a a huge deal, quote, you know, in quotes of the the tie game because of a a clock off. That's not going to happen in the regular season. If these guys, this is their job. When you have changes at your work, you figure it out and you get, you know, you make it through that. If you want to, like, it, they're not going to quit pitching because they're, you know, oh, now, I, now I'm on a clock. I, I, and then pitchers get to dictate the game kind of more now, which will be interesting to see if they, you know, enjoy it. One question I had for you regarding Let's,
0: this. This is the Q&A session. You can go and slide in, the, in the, the chat here on YouTube. We'll see if we can get to as many of these as we can. Fire away on the pitch clock.
1: Okay, do we get a, first of all, explain the exact timing just quick to me.
0: So when there's nobody on base, it's 15 seconds. When there's a runner on, it's 20.
1: From the second they receive the ball back in their glove to the second the next pitch has to be released.
0: Essentially, yes. Because okay. if you have a foul ball, now there's a little bit more. That's where there's like a gray area. Because yeah. imagine a left fielder is going to the foul line to get a ball. He's out of position. The third baseman and in, in the, you know, you, where you have the left fielder, third baseman, and shortstop converging on a play. So everyone's out of position. You don't start twenty seconds from there. Like, let them kind of get back. They're gonna have to hustle. Yeah. But so there's going to be a little bit of that wiggle room. But that's when that clock starts. Hitter has to be ready in the box with eight seconds remaining. So it's not in eight seconds. It's with eight seconds remaining. And I, and there's still a, there's still something to that that I'm not exactly sure about because there's runner on runners on base. That essentially means you have from twenty seconds down to eight. You've got twelve seconds that you could kill on that clock. That doesn't necessarily seem right. But as far as I know. It's eight seconds remaining. you got to be ready, eyes up on the pitcher to get going, or an automatic strike will be called on you.
1: Okay, and so will we see this year, this is a prediction question. Yeah. Will we see, so we've seen this with another team in Denver where the entire crowd is counting down the clock.
2: Yeah. We've seen this in
1: basketball. Giannis Antetokounmpo, they count down when he's shooting a free throw. Are we going to have a countdown at Coors Field? And is this something that could maybe mess with the pitcher late in the game?
0: Oh my God! I, I I saw that somewhere recently, and I thought, yes, I want that to happen. Yeah, I want that. A three. Will be great, like in a
1: college basketball game or any basketball game, when you see the clock going down, gets kind of the player like excited, and that's opened up the idea of like maybe a fake countdown where you know it's actually at five Ooh. seconds, and people are like three, two, one. You know, we used to do that in high school all the time to get people sure. to shoot it quicker.
0: I don't know. I like that. So pitchers will be able to see the pitch clock peripherally, so it's like just you know on opposite sides of the batter at batter's box, so they'll, they'll be able to see that. But even so and you probably don't even hear the numbers, you just hear chanting like, whoa, I, I better hurry up. Right. So even still, even if there's five seconds left and the and the crowd is doing at three, already you're you gotta pick up the pace a little bit and you know you got to move. Another thing that Bard said, too is like, this is a cardio workout. If you're throwing any more than like 10 pitches, you're feeling it because instead of being able to take that big deep breath, step off the back of the bound, clean your cleats for a little bit. Bounce the rosin bag around. Now you got to go and throw the next pitch. So that's going to keep keep a lot more action. Get the tweets ready because we're going to see three, two, one. Pitch blast off. Somebody hits a home run. Oh, my God. That's perfect. This is what baseball wants, and they're going to get it with that.
1: I love that. I, I'm excited. I'm actually really excited to see. So is it – if they're in their motion – does the pitch clock stop Stops. at that point? So once,
0: once they start moving. Now, you can't get crazy where all of a sudden you're doing Hideo Nomo and like you're pausing back for like three seconds, Whew, Let me catch my breath here, yeah. and then go forward. they're gonna be they're gonna be looking that. You can't do that, but you can also quick pitch. That's another thing some of the guys have been talking about is at that eight second mark, if the if the hitter's kind of looking up, but he's not fully engaged or he hasn't been paying attention, and you're coming from the stretch, boom! You just step and you fire. So there's gonna be a lot more of those quick pitches. There could even be guys deking the pitcher and saying, "I want you to think I'm not ready, but I'm ready," so that you can oh just just fire one right down the the main street there, the center of the plate. So we're gonna have that kind of cat and mouse games as well.
1: I love it. Just adding more you know more strategy into the game, especially from a pitcher's perspective, like they can they can, there's loopholes in every rule. Yes. And I've heard something about maybe asking for a new ball is a thing that could potentially like lengthen it. Like you're hey sense. you feel the clock going down you're just like hey new ball. We'll see, you know, how strict they are on that. And also I think all of the, you know, outrage right now, when when a new rule is stated in any sport, you there you have to like enforce it right away. It's just like at a school in anything in life. You get a new rule, and you're like, "All right, well, we're really gonna try." Now, this will be this rule will be enforced all year. But I guarantee you, like, if a game's important and it's the ninth inning, and a, and a closer is about to start his motion with one second, and the clock goes off. Like, they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna be like, "Oh, nope, nope." Like, it's it's just, it's going it's gonna slightly like decrease as we get into it, and then by the end of the season, it'll be kind of a normal thing, I think. But right now, I think it's just an, a lot of. A lot of people are not used to it, and when you're not used to something, it's not just going to you know come easily for these guys, especially, you know, in and I'd love this in golf. I'd love if they had like a, yeah, right? a pitch clock where these players once once you get up to your ball, like you got X amount of time because sometimes watching, it, you're just like, dude, are you going to throw a pitch or not? Yeah, it's almost like they don't want to throw it. Like they're so scared they don't want to throw it. Now it's like, no, you don't have that time. You have 12 seconds to think, and then you got to get going.
0: Yeah, I was I was talking with somebody about this regarding you know, uh, what what it means to be down there covering spring training, I almost felt like I was covering a new sport. We're like, well, what happens with this? And then, okay, well, how are you dealing with that? And so I've sort of likened it to someone who imagine if they just came into the market, you know, they're a good sports journalist, but they don't know a ton about altitude and the course Field hangover and all this stuff in the history. And being like, so what's it like when you play at altitude? So like, it's it's harder for you? Like, tell me about that. Like, it's a brand new thing. Uh, the only thing was was different about covering spring training this year was, uh, you know, the players and the coaches. They didn't actually have the answer. It wasn't like, well, here's what it's like playing at altitude. They also don't know what it's like dealing with the pitch clock. So it was us like learning from each other. Um, I had suggested to Bard, like, well, what about you know, because if if you th- if you throw a pitch with seven seconds left every time or six se- six seconds, I was noticing that a lot on Saturday, and then all of a sudden, the clock runs out. Well, for the most part, you've been following the clock every time so you've you've helped the game speed up quicker and all of a sudden you just have this one little hiccup you're going to be penalized for it so I was like well what if you could bank seconds what if you could bank time now you wouldn't want to bank a minute to be standing there on the mound but if it was like three to five seconds so even if you're saving five seconds every time you only have have like that leeway in that gray area he really liked that idea that's something that you know maybe we'll see in uh, in future years as they make tweaks but um, it's it's really interesting to just kind of see how this is going to go. This is going to make for a lot more action, and I think fans aren't even going to really notice it at all. It's just the game's going to move by really quickly. It's going to have a really solid pace, and as you said earlier, it's going to make for a really, really great product.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. One, so one other on rules, new rules question I have for you. Yeah, I won't get us too off track because yeah. you, you keep it between the between the ditches, and I usually take it off of the off the rails. But did you notice with the new shift rule? How, how many let's if you had to guess how many hits in the first two rockies games would have not been a hit prior did you was there any i didn't even notice well so
0: you know again um chris Bryant comes out of the game no davis is out all the starters come out and so we 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 missed part of the game okay uh we went to go down in the field to talk with buddy and i didn't even know what inning it was like we got down uh the rockies got the final out because the diamondbacks were the home team and i was like oh all right let's Wait, why are they going back out on the field again? And uh, it was actually Dick Monfort that had to remind. Me. He goes, Because it's not the ninth inning. And I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know what's happening. I looked at the scoreboard really quickly. I wasn't paying attention because we got other things. So, kind of to your point, I, I didn't necessarily notice that. You know, I think I saw a highlight of Matt Olson hitting a ground ball to the right side, going through saying, Oh, it, it's finally a hit for this guy again. And, you know, It was only like after I read it, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Why wasn't there a defender over there? Oh, yeah, you can't do it. So if you're a hardcore fan, it'll probably be a little bit weird seeing those hits go through and say, oh, why wasn't there somebody there? It should be. But I think that'll go away really quick because people have been watching baseball for decades, and that was never a hit. If you watch amateur sports, if you watch even some minor league games, they're not really doing those shifts because they don't have that data. So now that'll be a normal hit. And, uh and, and baseball will have a better product on their hand in general
1: i I'm excited I love that rule yeah, i I'm really leaning into that rule because I, I don't think it happens a ton with Rockies if I'm if I remember correctly now of course we're gonna have a, a few new faces this year sure. but I, I want to say maybe Ryan McMahon and Charlie Blackman got that treatment a little bit where there's a guy literally like in short, right field, playing quote unquote second base, yeah, which won't happen. And I'm also interested to see where, if they start for those guys that pull the ball as a as a lefty, if they start playing the second baseman. You know, obviously the shortstop is probably going to be as behind second base as he's potentially allowed. Right. But the if they're if the second base position almost becomes a short outfield position. Just in general, of like where there's like, like they're not going to be on the dirt. I would imagine for those guys, you have to be on it. the dirt. Oh, that's you have also to be. part okay. of
0: it. So, oh, amazing. So if you it, right, because you could go, oh, well, I'll just stand kind of in front of the right fielder right. and take that away. Now you're open up a big center part of the of the field, yeah. which I think would have been fine. But I think just again, just to make it a little bit more uniform, let's just go ahead and say you have to be on the dirt. So okay. they've got that and in, in the minors. They've got a whole. Uh, triangle behind second base, so you can't be, like, right behind it. You have to be slightly to the left of it. So we'll see if that rule comes into place. But uh, in talking with Bud Black about it, Rockies have a little bit of advantage. They got the rainy NL Gold Glove Award winner at second base, so... You know, the Rockies are going to get their their fair share of hits between first and second base. Opposing teams might not get as many because Rogers has some range. He's really good going to his left, uh, making those diving plays. So he might be able to steal a lot more bases and uh, might even be a favorite to win the Gold Glove again in the National League at second base. I love that. Could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. We could we could talk plenty more about that, Just real quick because we said it. The guide to spring training. Do you have you have to have somebody with you when you drive, or you go solo? I I went solo, but I'm I'm crazy like that. When I
1: drove down to Arizona for uh, two weeks before you guys for the yeah, recently it was with my brother, who I you know he's my brother, he's my best friend, but I also was very annoyed with him a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> you know, he decided to tell me how to drive, which I can't stand. Ooh, uh, that's rough. You know, like or, or like, and it was like the backhanded like, isn't it? Isn't the speed limit 65 here? You know, those kind of things versus like, hey, dude, you should probably slow down. I'm like, dude. I'm driving, you can you know sit there be on your phone whatever. When you're driving, I'm not gonna say a word to you. I'm just gonna do my thing. So I, I, <laughs> uh, we listened to a lot of podcasts. You know, got got yeah. that in, which was great because I got on to catch one speed
0: up. or do you go one and a quarter, one point five? Dude,
1: well, this may may be incriminating you, but I honestly think anything over one is like psycho. Like I, I <laughs> like it, like makes me going crazy. Like think, like then you
0: talk to somebody and you're like. How are you? Like you think that normal is like slow. It depends on the show. If it's a if it's like a baseball thing and I'm just trying to maybe catch up on some stuff or hear other people's angles, it's it's two times speed. Because really? because I'm literally like there's only a couple things I need to hold on to right. and I just need to get that. But if it's something else, if it's a conversation with somebody that I, I know and respect or uh, just something else like that. Then it's it's like one point two. It's like, oh, this is like talking speed. Cause you still don't you don't notice. It just almost like cuts out the, the dead air a little bit. Okay, I'll have but, to
1: try the one point two five or one point yeah. two because I've done one point five and I've two and like it's on an accident, but I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? I don't like this.
0: Yeah. You got I, I feel you have to stop for your like your gas and your food kind of simultaneously and bathroom to cut down the stops because that's the thing that so if you're if you're hammering it, if you're hammering in the left lane, sometimes you got to hammer in the right lane to get around people that aren't passing on, uh, passing on <laughs> oh, the left. That drove
1: me nuts.
0: You lose all that ground you just gained because right. you keep having to stop. So yeah. you got to do a three and one. Hey, I'm gonna start my gas. I'm gonna go and use the bathroom, grab a snack, whatever it is. You should already have your snacks. It's more for meals. Chipotle was kind of the, the thing. I thought, ah, eh, let me go get a Chipotle kind of thing on the way down. I had a sandwich, so I was good on the way back. Sexy pizza in Trinidad.
1: Really, that was okay. what I
0: had. Eating some pizza while driving. Man,
1: you made it a long ways before you had to had to get a meal.
2: That's I impressive.
0: did. It was a lot. It was a lot of snacks at that point. Had to drive through driving snow where I was the only one on the road in Tonto National Forest. A couple cars had kind of like wiped out a little bit, uh, but made it through. I had to go through the fire to get out. Uh, then there was a dust storm in Albuquerque, so like I had snow and mud and dirt on my car, but survived. Yeah. Is it was a, good.
1: It's actually not that bad of a drive. Like, it feels like it goes by pretty quick. It's but just it,
0: that right. if it was a little bit longer, it would be a lot harder to do it in a day.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that 12 hours, like, you get to that 11 and a half. Once you get that last hour where you know you're pretty close to your house, you know, you make hourly drives almost daily, or most people do. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can, I can handle this. But once it gets past that, you're like, dude, I... And if you stop a ton where you're just like like you said, wasting all that time that you just made up because you were flying. Right. It kind of feels like you're you know, it's almost like you don't wanna stop.
0: Fourteen miles an hour over the limit. That's the sweet spot. That is the sweet spot. For long distance fourteen. So that, that's the way to go. So those are some of the tips. You can, you can obviously reach out to us on, on social media if you need more of those tips. If you are driving down to Arizona to take any of the Cactus League games for the Rockies, uh, it's great. The two farthest ballparks are 45 minutes away. You can go to all the ballparks, all the games, if you want to. Uh, it's really great. We got some great content coming from Susie. Really excited for you guys to see it. At DNVR underscore Rockies. At Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter at Big Drive
1: Spence and at Big Drive Energy on uh, for our golf account if you guys are golfers like uh following following along with uh, we cover tournaments, we do our own crazy videos and all that stuff. So if you like following that Big at Big Drive Energy.
0: We got podcasts too. Make sure you're checking yeah, that out. Yeah, we week, weekly well. podcasts. so. It's the year to kind of get back into golf again. You know, it's that time where yeah, it's getting going.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's about golf season here in Colorado. If this snow would melt, I'm getting I'm over it. Like I wish I was jealous that you're in Arizona now very jealous of Susie I want to be back there
0: yeah yeah I'm glad at least the snow is off the ground because that was I was worried that was gonna be hard kind of seeing you know with the cacti the grass the trees and then coming back to snow but a lot of it is melted it was warm on Sunday, apparently. Yes. So, we got
1: a lot of it gone. Whew,
0: so it feels it feels like it's getting to be spring. I was like, it's like 50 this morning. This is good. Yeah, th- it's baseball season. Yep, we're here. Better, we're almost th- here. No better place than right here. Uh, and, and no better place to build momentum than with us on D Rockies. But unfortunately, Spence, you know what they say? About that momentum you build, it's only as good as your next show. So we will talk to you tomorrow live at 11 a.m. on the D and VR Sports Channel on YouTube.